Arg, grog. Hey everyone, it's a Sideshow podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. Uh, so Kerry, both Matthew and I are massively sleep deprived with broken glasses, but for very different reasons. Any guesses? So am I. Oh yes. Well, well, <laughs> Kerry has had a tough week. Kerry wins on the tough week stakes. No, I don't, I don't know about that, but um, working hard and a strange night of no sleep last night, but not for great reasons like Matthew. Yeah, I mean, Matthew's me and you, had... Peter, we've had the hard no sleeping, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. So my, my, um, I've just had, you know, traditional, um, the intervention of a tiny tantrumy toddler and him taking my glasses and throwing them across the room every opportunity he can. Whereas Matthew has been living his best life. Yeah, it was uh, Festa Saint-Joan here in Porto, which is like the patron saint of Porto. I think it's been appropriated by the Catholic Church. It was originally a pagan fertility Matthew, do you mind if I interrupt? The way you're talking about it, it makes it sound like you were sort of walking around with a moleskin notebook making kind of like light doodles <laughs> of frescoes, when in fact you were mashed <laughs> off your tits till six in the morning. So can we... Yeah, drop yeah. all that Catholic shit. What were you doing? Yeah, um, of course, it was the uh, festival of the uh, tw- uh, the dozen lights, and uh, we had a lovely time. <laughs> Just jumping around, hitting people on the head with plastic hammers, basically. Uh, <laughs> at one uh, to very bizarre, like street bands, and at one point, I kind of uh, primed my hammer and managed to knock my glasses into the air. They fell in a crowd and I couldn't see them. And then a colleague of mine just went, there they are. And I looked and with comic timing, a conga then arrived and trampled <laughs> on them in front of me. I was like, oh, shit. I've been meaning to get a new pair anyway. So oh, They're not even salvageable either, are they? They're just really mashed on the actual lenses as well as the snapped arm. That said, Kerry, I'm wearing them right now. Oh, you're kidding. No. Have you Jack Duckworthed them with a plaster? No, I haven't, unfortunately. Do you know that amazing scene when Jack Duckworth died in Coronation Street and the Deirdre was meant to walk back into the room and just sit there on her own and the music was meant to play and the producer at the last minute decided to put his elastoplast fixed glasses on the table and didn't tell her and she actually like broke down crying when she saw them on the table. Do you mean Deirdre or do you mean, uh, you know, Vera? Oh, not Deirdre. Vera, yeah, sorry. You can tell Come on, Matthew! Don't come to, don't come to Kerry with your subpar soap knowledge. Oh no! What have I done? <laughs> well, let's give you uh, an ad break to recover, and then we'll come back and talk about the um, strange goings on with Linda Snell. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
So I am finding the whole thing with Linda both reassuring and also a bit weird. So obviously Linda went on that huge journey after her um, terrible experience, you know, um, with the, 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 the hotel burning down. And, you know, we saw this huge change in her. But do you do you think like me, that they're kind of, re- sort of taking it all the way back to, you know, like traditional Linda, overly judgmental, bossy, kind of interfering, quite hectoring? I think she's just super protective of Grey Gables and her surroundings and does see Ardil as a destroyer mm. of all she's known. That's <laughs> not all not all she's known. A huge part of what she's known and loved about her life there. It was quite a big balance there, wasn't it, as well? Because she was there going, you, are, you have destroyed this community. And then Robert <laughs> went, anyway, I'll just get you that map. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was great this week. He was. I always forget, in because obviously like our love for Jim and various other characters is eternal, but I always forget in between sort of seasons, or whatever the correct term is, how much I like Robert and the actor. Yeah, he does sound like he's about 10 a lot of the time, doesn't he? <clears throat> Which is not a criticism. It's it's like a sort of quite charming naivety somehow to him or innocence or that's the same thing. But you know what I mean? He His interjections during those really heated bits and, you know, Linda's a tricky woman to have to handle, but he can do it, can't he? He can bring her back down and will challenge her. Yeah, and he did really well to just sort of, he doesn't he doesn't mind calling her out on her lies very publicly, which is quite fun as well. It's like, yeah, you didn't. Yes, you did. I don't remember that. The complainer who about Ardil singing in the shower. Yeah. It's like, oh, who's that then? Oh, I, I can't say. Hmm. There was that bit where she said, you know, we have to be get, getting on or something. I have a list as long as my arm. You've always got a list as long as your arm. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, quite a was, good scene, wasn't it? He was, yeah, I like the interaction between them uh, this week. And um, Adil, what's happening with him? God, how many... I, I was on the side of Shed Twitter in the week and I had like an, a fit of the Kerrys when I was just like, who do you work for? Because it was just, just keep on queuing it up and then nobody bothers to ask. Oh, like yeah. even Adam this week was like, oh, well, he's just the agent. He's not the owner and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, or he said that to Adam, but it's it's getting ridiculous, isn't it? But yeah, there were two massive ones, weren't there? Where Ardil said, "Well, you know, um, I don't have the power over that. It's the it's not in the owner's style to have a kidney shaped pool or whatever it was." Mm. You think someone sitting there must say, or even ask Ardil, "Do you know who it is, or have you just yeah. been given a brief? Do you know the person's name?" You would ask something. Considering it's so um, vital for them that Grey Gables remained how it was, and it's so destructive for it to be changed, they don't. Anyone, nobody thinks to ask, "Oh, who's behind the wheel of this project?" Nobody. I and mean, they're obviously they're setting it up for some big Scooby Doo style reveal, aren't they? I mean, everyone wants it to be Hazel. Um, Justin, that just doesn't make sense. That theory, because why would you have someone? you know, wide-eyed mm. as Adil is wandering around going, oh, a tree, a forest, a field. Please, Matt. Yeah, but my Oh, fear... yeah. Oh, yeah, tiger, Matt would be Tiger great. Towers. Yeah. But, but my fear with this hugely slow build-up to it is that by the time it happens, which happens, this this happens a lot in the Archers, where we're like, what is it? Who is it? What is it? And then at the end, when it's revealed, it's like, eh. 
Okay. That... <laughs> I like that <laughs> noise you just made there, Karen. <laughs> do you do you know what I mean? Yes. It's, just, it's often a damp squib, isn't it? Yeah, I think the last real oomph storylines for me were the the whole Phil slave thing. And when mm. when Jim went after his abuser, I thought those were real gratifying ends to those storylines. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of feeling we're gonna we're gonna go down a bit of a, a disappointing one with this, yeah. Jim was a a real high point. But sorry, Matthew, yeah. carry on. I started to panic this week. Well, I say panic's not the right word, possibly, you know, half panic, half become excited at the fact that we might get Adil and Adam in the same room <laughs> in a scene because they were teasing it, weren't they? And then mm. there was that whole thing about uh, rewilding and uh, Adil's nanny being really into soil and Adam's, what is it, pedology? It's not viticulture, is it? That's grapes. Pedology is soil, isn't it? I think Adam went on a... Isn't it feet? He studied <laughs> Don't know. I'm trying to, but I was really thinking. I mean, they they wheeled in Kirsty to kind of be this vehicle for Adil becoming more likable, and I thought it would have been much more fun if they'd have brought Adam into that whole conversation <laughs> with the two with the two of them. I don't know, and that might have just completely sent you into an irreversible coma, Kerry. Yeah, I quite like the the thrill of that notion, though, that they would do that. But Adil mentioning sort of off the cuff, oh. That reminds me of my nanny, who's a farming soil expert. Let me now talk to you about leaf littering. Yes. Uh, yeah, great um, in depth. And Kirsty, of course, knew about this, that it's originated in India. And he, he was like, oh, you've heard of it. You could hear him getting all aroused about the leaf littering. Actually, Adil, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm quite into soiling myself. Well, that kidney-shaped pool will come in handy then, won't it? <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit close to home right now, Kerry. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you. If, I'll tell all the listeners about my sewage problem later. <laughs> oh, come on, Kerry. You know, well played. Our uh, end of episode statistics will be through the roof now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a tease. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you think The Archers teases you and then gives you a damp squib, you wait till the end of this. Talking of arousal, are we thinking that Kirsty is is actually turned on by Adil and his, um, you know, remarkable, you know, surprising soulfulness. I thought there was a very symbolic bit, wasn't there, where he got tangled in a bramble and she released him. And I thought, oh, this is, he's in a bramble now, isn't he, with all the villagers and Grey Gables. Will it be Kirsty who releases him from the thicket of deception and disruption? Ooh. I mean, there was that bit where she said, this path is, didn't she say something on the lines of this path is particularly wild that we've gone down, like she was leading him down this path mm. of temptation. Mm. She also tested him out. She was like, you know, Adil, how do you feel about um, wild, unkempt, swampy areas? And he was very keen so that she knows <laughs> that he'll be up for it. What an unlikely pair. Mm. Well, I... I Obviously, hadn't paid much attention to our Twitter account because I asked the same question that you had floated the mm-hmm. day before, Kerry, about what their celebrity acronym name would be, um, which I suggested yes. Arsty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I someone came back with a really good one that was just Kill, 
with two yeah. eyes, which I thought was particularly good. Yeah, I think mine were um, curdle and arsty. Kill, <laughs> kill is better. Can I come out of my quite liking Ardell closet now? I sort of, I don't really understand why everyone hates him. I sort of think that he sort of, he, yes, he's, yes, he's a bit clumsy, but I mean, in he's in Ambridge, you know, he's, he's really not that bad compared to a lot of other people. And he's quite good. He's quite good entertainment. Like he's quite a good catalyst for think fun things happening. Like he's got Linda going. It's quite nice to, to just the possibility of Kirsty having Kirsty having some happiness is enjoyable um, you know, like where he mm. goes, fun seems to follow. So I'm quite, in, I'm quite enjoying his introduction into the village. The main thing for him that's problematic for me is his delivery of the lines, really. The sort of, I loved the farm. It is one of the reasons I came here, to be in the countryside. <laughs> it's all very clipped and if he, as if he's reading a storybook to a small child in quite a nice school. You must have loved the scene with him and Adam then, Curse, um, uh, Kerry. That must have been your absolute dream. <laughs> yeah, Adam was funny this week, wasn't he? I don't know if we're ready to move on to him yet. But, Stay um... in the sand pit. Oh, good grief. But yeah, you liking Ardil, that's an interesting one. Because uh, he's supposedly enemy number one, isn't he? Really? So um, just as most people didn't like Steph. You liked Steph. It's his omnipresence, isn't it? He just keeps popping up in play. All right, it is good because we, like Peter said, we get to have Linda and Robert because he's at the B and B, and then we get to have Kirsty back and they're walking around the rewilding. But it's it's just the childlike naivety of his character, isn't it? And like Adam's got a pizza van. <gasps> that sounds brilliant. It's like <laughs> it's a van where you serve pizza, mate. Come on. He's... All right, I mean, there are people who are that. Um, blind, like blind and optimistic, who just think everything's wonderful, but it just seems really bizarre to me. Yeah, and that really clashes with him being quite uh, ruthless about people's lives and how he delivers news to them. Yeah, as well, it's a bit jarring for two different elements. I think what it is is Matthew kind of converted me mm. to a sort of a. Um, valuing entertainment over everything else when it comes to the archers because you, you or famously he was the one he was the earliest evangelist of evangelist of russ and i think ever since then i've tried i've had a kind of completely different perspective on look at the, your power matthew i've listened <laughs> to the archers for decades and you've kind of like changed me this much mm-hmm. but i just yeah i think what i've realized is i it's it's much more about the entertainment now than actually investing in their them as people mm. It was a bit weird when Robert said, um, you really ought to hear him to Kirsty about Ardil singing in the shower. <laughs> but how's that going to happen? <laughs> Just go, let yourself in. I've changed, yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've got a key. <laughs> yeah. We all hope for Kirsty to have someone good, don't we? I reckon Kirsty needs someone like Steph in her life. Um, not Steph in general, but very specifically this week. I mean, uh, I, uh, Steph was genuinely nice, wasn't she, this week, after all of her terrible, terrible behaviour for previous months. And also it didn't seem entirely self-motivated. I think she's the woman on an, on the edge of a nervous breakdown, though, isn't she? 
Yeah, I'm interested to hear your theory about this. You sort of trailed it before the show that you think there's a kind of a, a, a deeper malaise with Steph. Well, I think Beth has spotted it because she said, oh, you know, to Ben, and I, she is a bit annoying still, but she did flag it as saying, well, you know, you've got to be careful. She's going to crash. She's very vulnerable because Steph is all bravado and all front, isn't she? And sort of, yeah, yes, this is all great. She almost was going to not do the party because I don't think she really wants to. She thinks she should. Um, and saying she's going to put it on social media so that Liam's all jealous and stuff like that. Uh, I think she's going to just go, I still love him and I wish I hadn't messed it all up and the party will be pointless. Mm, I mean, but that not that exactly what an influencer is? Someone that just projects and pretends that everything's absolutely fantastic when it's not. So yeah. it's a whole, it's really what she is, isn't it? That's her mm. brand. Um, I wouldn't mind some gold woolly confetti, though. <laughs> I wouldn't mind an influencer coming around and cleaning my kitchen. <laughs> is it's now shite talk, Kerry? Is this, is this where you do your big reveal? <laughs> oh, is that too early? I, I, I'll leave it till the end. Oh, another tease. Oh, bloody hell, it's building. She had to look up how to clean an oven. I presume she watched an influencer on YouTube, on TikTok. <laughs> well, what you do is... <laughs> sort of influencer inception, this kind of like a um, Russian doll of influencers constantly having to live through each other's videos. I thought everyone yeah. moves house when the oven needs cleaning. In the old days, yeah. It's not so easy now, is it? Well, the thing is, I mean, you've got a new oven, haven't you, Kerry? Well, comparatively new. Yeah. Yeah, and I got I got my new oven a year ago, and it's weird. When you've got a new one, all of a sudden, I feel very protective of it. I want it to be nice and clean in a way that I never have before. But, uh, um, my God, that was dull. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> last long, though, does it? Um, do you know what? I'm going to leave that in as punishment. I don't, <laughs> I don't often edit for, for, for quality, but I'm that staying in as a kind of punishment. Just so the world knows how dull I can be. Yeah, that was very yeah. Middle England, Peter. Uh, oh, we know who it was, Kerry. We know exactly who that was like. <laughs> now. Yeah, and I feel ashamed for it. <laughs> okay. Came rising up inside me. Yeah, don't we all? Uh, don't you? Don't you hate it when the uh, you can't get the turnips in your trousers right? Am I, hey, everyone? Anyway. <laughs> Um, moving on. Um, so, <laughs> so you thought Steph was warm and nice. I well, I mean, just that, just for that, just for that episode. I just thought, you know, did was did she have any ulterior motive? And it didn't seem. It, she was very honest about why she'd done it. She said that she'd been mm. a bad sister. She apologised for the stuff mm. she'd done wrong. She didn't try and leverage it, as we heard, for for any kind of personal benefit. If we're going to talk about it, let's just acknowledge the fact that she did. A, she was a nice person for once because she's been bloody awful every other time, hasn't she? Did you think Beth had a point, though, that she's a bit worried about why would you do such a party thing and it might end in tears? I mean, now, you do, now, now you're asking. I'm not really sure I have an opinion. I mean, the truth is I couldn't mm. give a f*** about what's like <laughs> in a stupid party. But, you know, um, it is mad, isn't it? It's not a normal thing to do. Not and- really. Yeah. And I, I take Matthew's point that, you know, inf- I guess that I guess to build on Matthew's point is being an influencer, your whole life is to some extent performative and opportunities to kind of like make drama that you can then monetize or document. Mm. So, but then also seeing as the audience for the archers is kind of like, you know, 45 and up they would have kind of explained that a bit more, wouldn't they? So we're seeing subtlety to it that I don't think was written. So I think it, we should just take it at face value that she's just, look what happens, Kerry, you ask my opinion, you get this 
nonsense. <laughs> Do you think it's 45 and up? I'm, I would contest that. Yeah. Okay. What do you think then? 70 and up. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see any of the chat um, suggesting that the stripper might be uh, similar to you or I, Peter, on Twitter? I didn't. I saw saw an avalanche of um, tweets last night. And you know when you're too late to the party to really engage in it. So I just got to let it go. go past in the kind of the, the you know the poo sticks because twitter's like poo sticks isn't it facebook yeah. is sort of like stone tablets and twitter it just flows past you so i just sort of i thought to myself it, this is a good half an hour of my life down the toilet if i get engaged but i did see there was a flurry of matthew and peter's coming up on my phone but i just i didn't have a chance but what was it are you and i sexy stripper people now um yeah i think like there was a few other names that were thrown into the hat but we were certainly um we were certainly considered as people that would be worthy strippers at Steph's party. I'm not quite sure. Wasn't Lee some sort of stripper person? Uh, Have I imagined that? uh, that uh, um, Harrison. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Harrison. They wanted Lee to get his kit off for the the life drawing classes at Lower Loxley, but he wouldn't do it, would he? So Joy got it all out instead. All the the steroids have shrunk his junk and he didn't want to get his kit off. (laughs) So maybe it will be Harrison and Freddie's going to do a playlist of feminist anthems and girl power stuff. Excellent. So we're going to have Wannabe back to back with uh, Riot Girl. I'm a single lady. I'm a single lady. Very, very, very quickly. A good, a lovely little YouTube hole to fall down is researching the weather girls. You know, it's raining men. Hmm. They basically, the two of them, the Weather Girls, well, there's three of them, they were backing vocals for any number of, like, massive hits for years and years and years, amazing session singers. And also they were the people, they were, um, like, Ride on Time. One of them was Ride on Time, and then they just stuck a model from Italy on the video. Ah, so it's all that um, stuff. It's like Millie, yeah, Van- yes. Millie Vanilli before there was Millie Vanilli. I mean, they've got amazing voices, haven't yeah. they? But, oh, yeah. I didn't know that. It's, it is, I mean, I'm just, you know, I don't want to, go too deep it's if you if you want to go down a lovely little musical um you know wormhole it's quite a fun one on youtube so are they performing at steph's party i hope so <laughs> you know it's raining men's an absolute cracker isn't it if you're, if you're is. in the right mood yeah and steph would lap it up as well wouldn't she all those raining men probably if it's girl power <laughs> surely they're going to play the awful jerry halliwell version is there a jerry halliwell version of it's raining men yeah it was on bridget jones one of the bridget jones oh, shite God. movies I've never seen Bridget Jones. No, but that video seems to be on a loop on VH1, which I've mentioned before. My workplace plays in reception. So <laughs> I'm so good at guess the year, guess the decade or guess the year now. I've just given up. Yeah. When is the party? Oh, it's, it's surely Sunday, is it isn't soon? it? Okay. Yeah, I mean, everyone has a party on Sunday, don't they? Do you think they've timed it on purpose to kind of tie in with the whole Chris and Alice thing. So it's a kind of juxtaposition. You've got Chris mm. and Alice who have very, very late in the day taken their split seriously and have kind of, you know, trying to be adults. Mm. And then you've got a kind of got as a kind of ragged counterpoint to the whole um, uh, Steph situation. But I was, I mean, I know I've been very, very vocal in my dislike of Chris recently, but this week, it was quite hard to feel the same, the normal, well, for me, levels of hatred. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, when I was I doing when I was doing the, the Twitter in the week, 
I think I put out a poll that is Chris <laughs> stupid because he he said he he suggested that he was stupid about you know I'm an idiot because he mm. didn't think about doing something with the doorbell leaving a note on the door and I put out a poll that said is Chris an idiot and the options were yes and yes but below <laughs> and then he started crying here in the meeting <laughs> with with social Sam and uh, I put I quote tweeted it saying I feel a bit bad now kind of. <laughs> Uh, there was another thing, wasn't there, about the solicitor? Oh, it was Neil basically saying, why don't you ask your solicitor? And he went, well, God, I'd never thought of asking my solicitor for help about this divorce thing I'm yeah. involved in. I'm in a massively difficult contractual battle with my ex over money. Call a solicitor yeah. that I've actually have in my employ. I, I didn't say he was clever. <laughs> That's not what I said. It was like, almost like when Neil was going... Your birthday tea options are Sunday roast, Thai green curry or paella. Now ask your solicitor for advice <laughs> on which you would prefer and everything will be fine. He's going to be bankrupt in a, in, in a month. Yeah. <laughs> which would you choose out of those three, just quickly? Thai green curry. It's correct. Yeah, option. I like a Thai green curry. Yeah. Paella is mm. nice. But Made yeah. by Susan, though. Actually, that, yeah, that's a very good point because the thing is there are certain foods that you, like if I'm in a restaurant, I wouldn't order a Thai green curry unless it was in a proper Thai restaurant because just mm-hmm. the disappointment of a bad one is too much to, you know. You deal. just know Susan's going to do a banging Sunday roast and exactly. her paella and Thai green curry are going to be ooh, a bit under par. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. I would actually, I mean, if it was my birthday, I'd say I'd want the Thai chicken green curry, but instead of regular rice, I want paella and have both. And go full on fusion. You greedy bastard in a Yorkshire pudding. You want a Thai green paella? <laughs> yes. That could work quite in well. A massive Yorkshire pudding. That could work quite well. Jeez, I'm I'm making that this Sunday. Yeah, do, it, do, it, it, do it. You know Heston Blumenthal's um, uh, snail porridge? That was a mix yeah. up on a menu. So it was a kind of similar uh, kind of like just accident that it, it ever, ever happened. Yeah, well, there you go. Kerry Blumenthal, Thai green curry with paella rice in a Yorkshire. Kerry Blumenthal. Is he, is, he, is he on your list of weird crushes, Kerry? No. <laughs> that, was, that was a very quick answer. Listen, I know what I like. <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't him. Well, he used to be a debt collector, which is why I will never, ever buy anything of his or go anywhere near any of his restaurants, because that's, you know, scum work anyway. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he used to be a debt collector. Um, I mean, and so, yeah, anyway, he's off my Christmas card list, which I'm sure Aww. crushes him, but, you know. I was wrong. I said that um, Chris was a bit more tolerable. By the way, I did frame it by saying within the within the context of mm. him being an absolute, to use Matthew's work, shite hawk. But, you mm. know, this... But I just, I just thought that you know he was trying his best, and it was quite. And I, I guess as a father of a young kid, maybe my heartstrings were tugged a little bit, and I did feel quite sort of sorry for them both. Mm-hmm. Although bloody hell, when that doctor came in and was like, "You do realise that curtains aren't soundproof, don't you?" I did. <laughs> yeah, you idiot. Yes, you are being heard. Uh, I've rung social service. She sounded about five as well. <laughs> Have you ever had that? I, 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 when, when, uh, when we, when we went into the hospital for uh, Cyrus to be born, there was we a doctor had to be stern with us, and she was about twenty three, and it was quite difficult to have a twenty three year old doctor being stern with you, and it was, it was kind of I was like, oh. was it because you'd wheeled in your coffee machine from oh, home? I can I can bore you with the hospital. <laughs> we hadn't really done anything wrong. But it was, and I was, 
I know, no, no, she, I, I basically, uh, the flat white she brought me was massively subpar. I, I did not. <laughs> really kicking up a fuss while Charlotte's in labour. Yeah. See that foam? It should not be there. Um, but yeah. Unplugging vital machines to plug the coffee machine. <laughs> but it, it is a rite of passage, though, isn't it? The first time you have a policeman or a doctor or some kind of vague societal authority. Who's younger than like, you. Yeah, young enough to be your, you know, your kid's kid. Yeah, prime ministers who are younger than you. That's oh, weird. That's yet to happen to me, Kerry, I think. Yeah, well, everyone's younger than I am. <laughs> Old lady Kerry Warbis. I am decrepit. Where where were we going with this whole Chris thing? Uh, I was trying to be vaguely nice about him. You two shut me down immediately. So I guess we have to then talk about Alice. I did feel bad when he cried. I, and I did really feel that when he, it was just that moment where he said, you know, it should... I, he didn't want any of this to happen and it's yeah. happened. And I thought that was really quite moving, you know, and the wonderful thing about all of that is they both came out and said how much, how great the other one was, mm. which was like, finally, can we get past this and move on? Despite Neil's best efforts. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Well, that's, you read my mind, Kerry. Like, did you mm. not think Neil was going to completely balls this whole thing up? I loved that scene where he's like, oh, hello, I, I, I hadn't realised you were still here. Of course he bloody really. He'd literally just got off the phone from Chris, hadn't he, with the doorbell stuff. And then next thing, he's like, oh, hello. Uh, oh, God, that terrible line that he said to the social worker where he said, um, he's solid as a rock, like the song. <laughs> I was wondering if he'd mix up like some 80s soul pop classics. Yeah, he's wonderful, Chris. He's an easy lover. Uh, no, I mean, he's... <laughs> Is Yamo be there? Um, no, hang on. <laughs> when was the last time Solid as a Rock was mentioned in The Archers, by the way? Oh, have you got that on your spreadsheet? I haven't, but I'm, and people will destroy me, like Adil is destroying Ambridge if I've got this wrong. But I think it was played at Eddie and Clary's. It was! Um, Cider Shed Renewal Bash. Yes, it was. And what a song! Yeah, it's a it's banger, great, isn't it? isn't it? Yeah. And for every every kid in 1985, yes, we did sing solid as a cock at a disco. <laughs> if only Neil had said that. He's solid as a cock. Oh, that was a slow burn one. I didn't laugh, and I didn't laugh, and then I didn't laugh, and then finally it got me. It was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like all those people that accidentally say Jeremy instead of Jeremy Hunt, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it just doesn't happen by mistake. Yeah, that was a real bumbling, foolish move, though, wasn't it? But on Neil's part, yes, of course, you're trying to be protective. You want to stick up for your son. Uh, and Chris was like, God, get away, Dad. This will look like it's all been planned. I think it still works, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it is his birthday. Oh, yeah, it was his birthday as well, wasn't it? No, I think, yeah, yeah. Peter, yeah, it did, it did, it did help because I think True. even Social Sam can see that it wasn't premeditated. Well, even if it was, it wasn't in wasn't with the worst intentions. Yeah, it's someone someone who's been brought up by a man who will sort of storm around so clumsily is probably, you know, not entirely. He doesn't know how thick Chris is, or probably actually probably does know he's spent 20 minutes with him. Do you know what um <laughs> do you know do you know what biscuits um Chris had out for Sam? Better than Alice's. I think it was custardy creams. Hey well, oh, there God. You go. brilliant. That literally, sorry that just came to me. <laughs> oh nice one. Um, so if you felt if you felt sort of sorry for and warmth for Chris, did you feel an equal sorry for 
thing for Alice when she was bigging up Chris as well. I've yet to hear it because I screwed up. I, oh, thought, I, I, I thought I'd listened to it, but so I'm actually going to, I'm looking forward to listening to it later. So what, so what was the, um, cause I, I logged on today thinking it was going to be the Alice um, uh, uh, chit chat. And I was all buckled in ready to hear her kind of, um, cause I thought it'd be quite interesting if she, she was, she hadn't got the kind of unspoken memo and she yeah. was there going and this and that and another thing. And his, you know, his iron oak trees are shit and this, you know, he's, Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well there was the yeah i mean the reason i brought up biscuits was because sam did say to chris nice biscuits by the way when he left but when he arrived at alice's she went i've bought nice biscuits and he went yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then he immediately thought oh that's not a good sign not but then equitable is it no but there was that moment where she said like you can take any kind of test from me you want to check if i've been drinking or not i thought that was quite mm. moving um, I did think that there was something a little bit, there was a bit of foreshadowing there when she said Chris would die for Martha. And oh, I was like, ooh. oh, they're just getting it back together. They're going to they're gonna fix their lives. Maybe they won't get back together as a couple. What if he bloody carks it now? Oh, oh this is promising. You. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited. How's he going to go? Why Why throw that in, he'd die for her? I thought that was a little bit much. Mm. What, next time she's on a slide, he's going <laughs> to dive over and save her and clang himself on the head. Why was a one-year-old <laughs> on a bloody slide on their own? Anyway? Because she didn't stay in the sand pit, Carrie. Oh, dear. Not like that, Xander. It did all seem uh, a bit much to me, like child slips over in playground, you know, I mean. Next thing you know, social service. I mean, yeah. And also just having a row, would that bring social services uh, to the... No, I call bullshit on that. I I, um, um, I mean, I had, I didn't bother speaking to my friend, friends, plural, mm. or friends particular who are in, so, who are social workers. But from previous conversations I've had about Alice, um, I got the strong impression that it just, that would never even touch their radar. Like if, if, so, if they, if when the doctor called, it'd be like, yeah, two rows. Okay, tell me when, you know, tell me when she's thrown a brick through a window. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll be right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> obviously, loads of witnesses to the accident and all of that. And all the, the speed of the, uh, right, the accident happened something like Monday, then the social workers on Tuesday. David. Tries to speak to Chris on Wednesday. By Thursday, it's Alice and Friday. They've like finished it all, haven't they? Like that just wouldn't happen at all, would it? That social services would, especially on something so minor, would would they be all over it like a cheap suit like this and have it all done and dusted within a week? Uh, mm, I don't know. I mean, uh, considering how much frontline workers get challenged and have issues with like difficult people at work, I thought the tone of the doctor was a bit strange when. Alice said, we're not normally like this. Or Chris said that. And she went, aren't you? And I was like, you would not say that as a professional, <laughs> would you? You wouldn't say that to somebody. Mm. I'm not sure you would even tell them that you're going to call social services, to be honest. Mm. I mean, do you have yeah, to no, do no. that anyway? It, I, some of the writing for these sort of auxiliary characters. I mean, I get it. Some of the, these scenes have to be quite quick. They can't chew through a whole episode. I mean, that interaction alone could have been like a, you know, a, 
a, a nine o'clock play on channel you know radio bbc2 from the 1980s or something it's like you know it's quite a big deal so mm. it's weird that it's all hurried through but i mean i guess it was the catalyst wasn't it that all led up to today when alice and chris had their big sort of making up and it was all kind of lovely and so, by the way i'm not i'm sort of you know i'm sort of quoting the party line i guess rather than how i necessarily feel but I mean, I, I, it would be nice if we've just seen the back of it because I think Matthew was kind of like inferring mm. that earlier on. Yeah, it is all a bit exhausting, isn't it? It, yeah. it was funny when when the social worker said, um, "Do handovers often become difficult between the two of you?" And, and Alice sort of went, "Not really, but maybe lately we're trying to work things out financially." And then there's Martha. <sighs> it was like, "I write, it's the money first, and then Martha." She was yeah. very obsessed about the money side of it, wasn't she? Mm. yeah but that yeah i mean because that's of chris, kind of I guess. today yeah, yeah. I, I don't know i just i there was a bit where um chris said something along the lines of it was never about the money or i never meant it to get out of hand and stuff it's like no no i never no i never want i this is all and so that's what he said it's all i ever really wanted or something and then it was like no you very specifically told Alice that you were going to be making the rules about what went on. And then mm -hmm. Alice let the pendulum swing all the way to the other end and said some truly kind of like appalling things as well. It was, I mean, I guess it's the kind of thing quite, it's quite natural. You kind of like, you reinvent the past to kind of help put things behind you as a couple or an ex couple mm. or as friends or whatever. But it just was like, as a listener, it was like, no, 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 no. We had to sit through this for, ages and it's not what you were like you're an absolute dick and i'm never going to forgive you <laughs> i tell you what though they're getting good at the vicarage and hiding in rooms when someone calls round, aren't they because alan was clearly hiding when chris came round, <laughs> and usha was stuck talking to him like that was that point where you know chris was just there being a little bit weird yeah. the whole time and there was uh, at the end usha said to him well you remember, Alan's always here. It was like, except for now, which yeah. <laughs> when, when he's not. When you really want to see him, and you've come round to the house, it was a Sunday, I guess. Like that was, a, and again, idiot Chris going to see a vicar on a Sunday at home. He's going to be quite busy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. The vicar will have to will have Sunday off. I'll go round to see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm regretting uh, my uh, my kind of opening to. Uh, to Chris, Chris chat. Um, no, there will be no Chris chat um, jingle. Yeah. Do you think that Chris and Alice will actually fully get back together? Um, I need a month or two to really even care. But <laughs> yes, I guess is my feeling, maybe. And why is Robert Redford at, at, on Country File? <laughs> my feeling today was just like, please, please, no more village fate style you know shenanigans i know matthew has provided documentary evidence that this is vaguely true to life but i just or in fact true to life but i just oh come on. going down the, around the village going do you know somebody famous i reckon it'll be paul mccartney oh paul mccartney and that he announced with almost no notice last night that he was going to play the cheese and um I, he announced last night i think that this evening he's playing the cheese and grain in Froome, and it was first come first served Ah, so do you think in his 80th birthday year he's going to do some funny stuff? Yeah, I reckon he'll he'll be the he'll be the summer he, fate because he he was en route to Glastonbury, so he's stopping off in Froome to play, ah. which is also where um certain Archer's character lives now, or the actor that plays them. But mm. we don't want to get stalkers for them, so I won't say who. Yeah. 
Should we have an advert? And then maybe, Kerry, you can tell us all about the uh, massive build-up of shite in your home. (laughs) Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Whoever's advertising with the um, podcast will be very grateful for the juxtaposition with this on our regular feature, Kerry's Shite. (laughs) If the ad is for Dynarod. Brilliant, yeah. (laughs) Fair play to any algorithm that sniffs that out, pun intended. (laughs) I could very much do with Dynarodding right now because for the last two days I've had sort of semi-sewage water (laughs) emerging from underneath my kitchen floor. Can I be controversial, Kerry? And in in my humble opinion, it's there's no it's quite binary whether something is sewage or not. <laughs> so, there's no kind of graduation to it. Well, there aren't actually turds emerging from the from the floor of my kitchen. You haven't been downstairs in half an hour. Oh yeah, it's true. Maybe that's the next wave um, of doom that I am going to experience. But yeah, this I thought. Oh, that's funny. That's the lino's a bit bumpy here, and it wasn't shit under the lino. But and it was making gurgling noises. Pulled back the line out. Loads of water. Every time you use the washing machine, water bubbles up from under the floor. Oh, if Jesus you flush Christ. the loo, it bubbles up from under the floor. Uh, yeah. So this is all. For, I used a laundrette twice today because of this. Six bloody pounds a wash. Was Nick Cayman there? What? No, he's dead, isn't he? Is he? Oh, yeah. He, he died like last year, didn't he? Oh, we're keeping mm. up our record of um, <laughs> um, mentioning a dead person every week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the plumber came round yesterday, and he sort of went, did that sucky teethy thing, and went, "Oh no, this is big. We're going to have to rip off your kitchen cabinets, crash into that wall, lift up the floor because it's the basement floor. It's like not floorboards. It's sort of concrete." <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it- nice. I've worked eleven out of the last twelve days. I've got sewage coming up into my kitchen. I was at a coach station at 2.30 a.m. last night, so I'm a bit addled. You were awake enough to talk to me. I was, yeah. Yeah, we were on different planes, though. 
I was yeah. in a sewage haze and you were... You were like mallets mallet. Yeah. yeah. Crashing around a muddy field trying to get your glasses back. Mm. <laughs> it does tap into your like innate fear of water though, doesn't it? It's like the movie Titanic when all the water comes gushing down the corridor. When you pull the flush and the water starts rising and rising, you think, oh shit. Yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it does is it grounds you into really appreciating... When small things like plumbing go really smoothly. So when you lot are just flushing your toilets merrily later, having a shower, not fearing for your life. Yeah, you're you're back to your roots here. You're going full four Yorkshiremen. Yeah, Yeah, you've got it lucky, you two. You're not swimming in shit in your kitchen while you're having your breakfast. Breakfast? No, I'm too too woke for breakfast like Kirsty. And I believe in breakfast. So we've 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 been going for uh, a a big old chunk of time, and I don't I think this is one of the first episodes in a while that we haven't done a massively clumsy um, uh, segue. So buckle in for this, guys. Kerry, if people want to talk shite with mm. us, where else can they go? Please come to Twitter. Uh, it's a funny place, like you said earlier, Peter. Poo sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is shit. Um, no, yeah, it's at the Cider Shed Pod. Please come and play with us. Uh, Matthew, uh, Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, we have a Facebook group, which is the Cider Shed Podcast. And we have an Instagram page, which is the same as our Twitter, which is at the Cider Shed Pod. Uh, yeah, find us there, follow us there. Numbers going up on Instagram, liking that a lot. Yeah, all our numbers are going up. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, if anyone wants to drop us a line, it's hello at the sidershed.com. Um, dot uh, com. Yet- oh, sorry, Kerry. <laughs> sorry, it sounded like you said dot com. Sorry. I'll shut up. No, no. Look, we, we have built this castle on childish childishness and we excusing every... shitty. <laughs> that is a banger. And I used to go to a bar where if you played that song... The 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 um the guy behind the bar would pull the plug on the jukebox and give you all give you all your credits back, give you the money back. <gasps> Good grief! That's quite an incentive. Was it uh, Grace's Grace Slick's ex? No one knows who Grace Slick is. <laughs> I do, but she's got now to do with that song, has she? Yeah, she is. It's Starship, which was Jefferson Starship, which was Jefferson's aeroplane. Jefferson's aeroplane, wasn't it? Oh, I didn't know that's who sang that song. Yeah, it was like they 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 um they they knocked out about three three hits or something, and that was just, that was like the you know that was the one that that took off. I was trying to think of something that didn't sound like a terrible pun. But yeah, Jefferson Airplane did uh, didn't they do the White Rabbit thing? They did. I was in a band many years ago that covered White Rabbit, and honest honest story. I never heard the original for about 10 years. I only knew our version. <laughs> and then then it got suddenly used in nearly every Netflix series about five years ago, I think, including Stranger Things. Um, I don't Now I'm going to have to check if Grace Slick was actually in Starship or if she jumped ship by then. No jumped pun intended. <laughs> oh, I've just remembered as well, we've had some cracking five-star reviews. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, Captain Raymond Holt and Parasols, Rolo689, uh, Kingswood Bird, Pondon Person, 
honestly, they've brought joy to us. Thank you very much. Please join in those of you who haven't yet written words. Yeah. Mm. And always gratefully received, preferably on Apple, because unfortunately that's the way the world stacked up. So we're probably going to continue our um, normal rambles about um, mid eighties mega hits offline. And yeah, we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much. See you next week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Hang on.